1 Timothy 5, 1 through 16. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. Honor widows who are truly widows, but if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. She who is truly a widow, left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day, but she who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. Command these things as well, so that they may be without reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age, having been the wife of one husband and having a reputation for good works. If she has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work. But refuse to enroll younger widows, for when their passions draw them away from Christ, they in, they desire to marry, and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, saying what they should not. So, I would have younger widows marry, bear children, manage their households, and give the adversary no occasion for slander. For some have already strayed after Satan. If any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church not be burdened, so that it may care for those who are truly widows. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, well, this is clearly getting into the specifics of how the church should care for uh, for widows. It's mm-hmm. It goes back to Acts uh, chapter six, when um, when the disciples were torn between administering the word of God and prayer and taking care of the widows, because there was a charge that said, "Hey, you guys are doing a lot of a lot of ministry, but you're mm-hmm. not taking care of the widows." And Paul seems to say, "Yeah, not seems. I mean, he does. He says taking care of the widows, um, yeah. those who are, are 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 kind of left out there, helpless, is an important ministry of the church." But in this church, things had been corrupted. Yeah, this definitely is one of those areas of the church in Ephesus that had gotten really murky. And, you know, I think one of the themes here is rewarding faithfulness. You know, Paul is is basically saying for those widows who have lived long, faithful lives and have great reputations, like certainly reward that, which is great. And then, you know, there's this interesting bit about younger widows and you know i think there's a sense uh in the subtext here that there's sort of a culture surrounding this thing of like working the system or even you know like it this whole idea of enrolling as a widow is sort of like the language is like a vow of celibacy almost and it kind of made me think of that whole idea of like when helping hurts and basically like Paul is pushing Timothy away from, you know, enrolling people into this class of the church when they actually, you know, these, these younger women, um, don't need to go to that stage. 
Yeah. You know, they, they should actually just kind of start afresh and that actually enrolling as a widow is, could ultimately uh, lead them away from good discipleship. And so, you know, it, it's, it's very interesting. Definitely a lot of the really specifics here are sort of um, culturally landlocked, but we still see, you know, this um, guidance. And, you know, I also, this isn't all about widows. Like I, I think verse one, this is really interesting coming off of chapter four, you know, and especially remembering when Paul wrote this, he did not write chapters and verse numbers. That's right. And, that's right. But he, he starts off with, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. He's just told Timothy, don't let anyone despise you for your youth. And we kind of talked about how sometimes people will use that as a little green light to be like a hot headed young gun that, you know, wants to prove all the old dogs wrong. That is not at all what Paul is condemning here. He, he actually says, you know, even these old men who are teaching false doctrine to come from a place of encouraging gospel centered worship, uh, you know, and, and it's all in the household, the family of faith, old men, as you would a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in purity. That's right. And, you know, and so then this bit about widows is stemming off from, okay, so if the church is a family, how does the family react to this one marginalized class? That's right. And he gives really specific instruction. Yeah, the, the vulnerable, the widows yeah. and, and orphans are considered the vulnerable. Yeah. And there, there's something to the, the example that's given right after the birth of Jesus, mm-hmm. when Mary and Joseph take him to the temple, and there's Anna, who's a prophetess, who had been a widow since she was young. Mm. And Anna devoted herself to prayer and the worship of God. There's something to this idea of of a godly woman who's lost her husband. Mm-hmm. There's something special about that that lady's prayers. Oh my gosh! Yes. Her her single mindedness, yeah. devotion. She's lost an earthly love. Yeah, she knows that that loss. She has turned her affection towards the Lord. Yeah, and Paul is saying. Hey, those are those are kind of pillars of the faith. Look out for those women. Take oh care goodness, of yeah. them. But yeah. if these younger women, I think this was a problem in the church. The some younger women had lost their husbands and basically just were kind of living like the housewives of Ephesus. Like, <laughs> like they were just kind of bouncing around and like just going from you know brunch to brunch. And uh, mm-hmm. and Paul's like, hey, that is not the mark of godliness. Let's not support that. Yeah. Let's not support that by taking the means and the resources of the church and calling that our benevolence ministry. Uh-huh. But let's look for let's look for those godly, vulnerable women that are devoted to the Lord. Let's take care of them and. He shows in here, hey, the church is a place of benevolence, but the church also needs to place uh, to be a place of discernment with that benevolence. Absolutely. Yeah. And it all comes back to, you know, this phrase from verse 14, give the adversary no occasion for slander. This is about restoring the honor and dignity of the church, which is about upholding the honor and dignity of Christ. That's right. Um, and so I think that that as we as we see this compelling argument here of benevolence with discernment, 
I like where Paul starts mm-hmm. as a as an application of our of our listening to the word today. Let's be respectful of older Christians. Yeah. Let's let's try to learn. Let's mm-hmm. always let's always put on a hat of humility and sit around them and say, "What can I learn from this person who's walked with the Lord longer than me?" Mm-hmm. Um, and for our young brothers and sisters that are not married, I think this idea is very important. That hey, first of all, I need to see each other through a very spiritual lens. Of we will be in eternity together as brothers and sisters in Christ, and so that needs to be my foundation as I start a relationship with you. Is that Hey, whether we marry or not, you're my brother or sister in Christ. Think about how how many pitfalls we would avoid if we respected older people and we saw younger brothers and sisters as brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm, yeah. The respect level would go so high. We would want to learn from each other. We'd want to challenge each other. We'd want to encourage each other all yeah. in Christ. And then the one that's not named here is if, you know, for those who are older to view younger the younger believers as sons and daughters in the faith that's right absolutely this is a a a great passage that um at first reading might seem very much stuck in ephesus in the first century but it is not yeah amen and it it comes to life for us as well so man well thanks for listening uh for will carlisle i'm thomas nelson thanks for listening to our daily rhythm I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404 465 1737 or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.